Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of The Issue Podcast. Make sure to check us out three days a week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you guys get your podcasts. Uh, Make sure you follow our social media. Our Instagram is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you tell your friends and listen to The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Monday, November 23rd. Uh, We have a pretty short episode for you today, but you guys are going to get everything you need. Uh, We're going to start off with our thoughts from Sunday and then get into our Monday night predictions. We'll have our betting lines and everything um, on the Monday night game. So Tim is with me on the phone. He's not in person. It is another distance episode. Tim, what's going on? How you doing? I'm not much, doing pretty well. Uh, it was a really exciting week, weekend of football, though. So I'm, I'm doing really well because I'm excited to talk about it. And uh, it's a pretty good Monday night game, too. So a good way to wrap up the week. Yes. Um, I think tonight's game, we'll get to it more later, but I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a big – this is a big game for Brady. Just kind of, you know – in the records are six and three and seven and three, if I'm correct, right? You are correct. The Bucks are seven and three. The Rams are six and three. You played one less game, right? I think obviously we'll get to it more later in our predictions, but um, overall, I think it's going to be a good Monday night matchup. Um, and like you said, great Sunday of football, especially being a Steelers fan, improves to ten and zero. Um, but overall, on the weekend, I thought saw some really good things. Um, I just wanted to start the show again by saying, guys, I think I might be a football genius. Um, you know, I, I nailed that Titans and Ravens game. I said I like Titans by six, Titans won by six. Uh, that was that was definitely the highlight of my weekend, other than, you know, the Steelers winning. <laughs> oh, it was impressive. I was, it was impressive. That whole game was a highlight of the weekend, though, because, you know, as much as I'll give Baltimore credit when they are due credit, you know, as a Pittsburgh native, it's, it's kind of fun to let, them, to let them hear it when they don't perform well. And that's their second straight loss. Um, and they're just not looking, they're not looking good. They're 6-4 and four now. They're in third place in the NFC North. Steelers are rolling. The Browns are even ahead of them. So it does, it, it makes the Monday a little bit more joyous. It does. Uh, you always love to see the big divisional uh, Ravens fall. And uh, they're about to go 0 and 3 for, for these three weeks coming up because, uh, boys. I mean, it looks like that. It looks like that because Pittsburgh is rolling and Baltimore on a short week with the whole COVID concerns now that they have. I think they have one or two people test positive, which means that their facility shut down right now. And people are saying, well, it's going to get canceled. Let's take a second here. It's Thanksgiving Day, which means the huge ratings there for the NFL. Mm-hmm. And. I do believe it's the night game. It is the night game at 820, which means it's going to be the highest rated game. And it's the 10 most dealers and the Ravens, one of the better rivalries in the in the game. Do you, you really think the NFL and, and NBC, the, deal, uh, the TV deal with NBC, they're going to let that game get canceled? I don't think so. I yeah. think it's going to be played. I think if Baltimore has to play with one day practice, missing whoever tests positive, I, I think the league is going to force that upon this game. I don't think that they can handle the ratings 
blow if this game if this game goes under. No, yeah, uh, I never actually thought about it like that until now. You pose an interesting point. Um, I 100% agree with that. Now that I'm thinking about it, number one, I just want to say this is going to be a great Thanksgiving of football. Uh, it's not every year that the Steelers get to play on Thanksgiving, uh, so you know, definitely going to be a little extra special this year when you get to sit down late night. Um, and just and watch the Steelers Ravens. That'll be good. Um, aside, I agree, but, but what, the rest of the games are are rough. What, what are the rest? Um, we'll of obviously them? get to that when we get there Wednesday when we predict them. But Washington, Dallas, and Houston, and then Detroit. So the other games that day are definitely less than ideal. But you know, like you said, Steelers playing on Thanksgiving always exciting. Yep. Um, so we're going to hop right into our Sunday thoughts. Uh, what game do you want to start with, man? Well, we kind of already uh, started with the Tennessee game, so we'll just kind of keep rolling along with that, okay. um, getting into it a, a little bit more here. Wow, Derrick Henry's so good. I, that that was my takeaway from the game. I thought Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry was really good, and Lamar Jackson continues to look extremely limited as a distributor of the football. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. He was having a lot of troubles, make a lot of trouble making throws. Um, just like even like easy throws. Did you see that? A couple of the times he'd th- like go to throw a crossing route, 10, 15 yards wide open over the middle of the field, and just miss. Oh yeah, I saw it a couple of times. The the thing that I was impressed with, I, like I said, I'll give him credit where credit is due. That last drive was good. It was well orchestrated. Well orchestrated. He made the correct throws. The timing was fine. He made all the accurate throws. No mistakes in that final drive to kick the field goal force overtime. So, you know, I'll give him credit there. But I thought the game as a whole could have used work. Yes, um, he's definitely cementing himself in, in tier three right now. Oh yeah, I, he's not going anywhere right now. Look, they're six and four. They continue to lose too. So it's. It's not as if you know he, he's getting some things covered up and he's making the plays necessary to win. He's just not playing exceptionally. No, no, he's not even making the plays necessary to win right now. He's falling. They're not. They're not winning. He's falling further and further down in tier three. Um, yeah. So yeah, Derrick Henry, obviously, <laughs> just incredibly impressive. Um, how the Steelers really stopped him, I have no idea. Uh, because oh, I think about that every time I see him play. I'm like, did we actually limit him to under 100 yards? Because, dude, watching that Baltimore defense, who is a really, really good defense, try to stop Derrick Henry, it was it was almost laughable, man. They couldn't, they could not stop him. We have almost five a carry. It was, it was incredibly impressive. There's four point eight yards a carry. Had a touchdown. Um, yeah, it, it was dominant. It's just his... uh, let's go over here. Oh, you got anything else to say on that? One? I just wanted to talk about his running style is insane. He's just so aggressive and just I swear he will headhunt somebody like so he can go hit them instead of trying to get away. Oh, it reminds me a little bit of a uh, of a faster, more lean Jerome Bettis. Yeah, doesn't shy away from contact, um, but but still for some reason for a big guy has the knack to make like big runs, like long runs. Mm-hmm. Like Jerome Bettis, uh, even though I was. We were, we were both pretty young when he was in his prime with the Steelers, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like for a big guy, he was ripping off 20, 30-yard runs almost every game, which isn't necessarily all that common. And uh, I think Derrick Henry has a little bit of that quality in him, too. I feel like every game I'm seeing a 20, 30-yard run minimum. Yeah. Um, he's just a very, very impressive running back. Uh, what game do you want to yeah. get to next? Uh, 
I would say another impressive showing this weekend was New Orleans defense against the improving Atlanta offense. Um, obviously, Atlanta started out rough. I think they've not three and one since that Owen. I think they were Owen six or Owen five, and then they've won uh, three out of the last five or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were they were a good team and coming in playing hot. Uh, and the Saints just completely throttled them. Yeah. The defense was incredible. Had they picked off Matt Ryan twice, held him to a pass rating of forty eight point five. Really no rushing game for Todd Gurley, who was actually, I think he's top three in the league in touchdowns. He didn't score, didn't really ever get going. Uh, Julio didn't get going, so it was really impressive. And then Taysom Hill, story of the game, uh, looked incredibly average. Yeah, um, I didn't really notice anything that stood out. Um, but he didn't make a lot of mistakes, and that's I think I think that's what the Saints are just looking for. They're not looking for somebody to come out and light the world on fire and be their next guy. They're looking just for somebody to come out, limit mistakes, just move the ball, like just very very planned out drives. I saw from the Saints too. Um, not a lot of audibles, not a lot of you know what. Let's try this, see if it works. It was very safe. And it was just a very protocol offense, is what I what I like to call it. No, I, I agree. I, I thought it was really good, and like you said, not just not making mistakes. And I don't even know if it's necessarily not looking for their next guy because theoretically speaking, Taysom Hill could continue to play really well and quote unquote be that next guy. But I think right now that was his first career start. People are forgetting, yeah, he's been in the league three years, four years now. Yeah. He hasn't made a start yet, so it's it's like you're throwing a rookie um, quarterback into it. Obviously, he knows the system. But look, he's never played quarterback. He's not used to the game speed of, of being a quarterback every single down yeah. um, on offense. And, and so it was a little bit different. I did like how they semi-micromanaged him, but at the same time, look, he only completed 18 throws and had 233 yards. You know, he averaged 10 yards uh, an attempt. So he, he was – it's not like he was playing too safe, you know. Yeah. But I, I agree. That it, there wasn't a lot of off script. I think he played exactly how we expected Taysom Hill to play. Yep. Average throwing the football. Looked pretty good running the football, averaging five yards of carry, and then added two touchdowns to the ground. That's what we're used to seeing from from Taysom Hill when he gets his snaps. I thought that's what I expected, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, but I mean, I just I found myself. I, I was watching a little bit of that game, and the entire time, all I was thinking about was, and I wonder what James Winston would be doing. I, I, I'm curious. I want to see what he would do. I, I really, really hope that he at least, you know. Get a chance to start one game. Yeah, that that would be my thing. I want to see him start this next week. I don't know if he will. I wouldn't be surprised if they do a little bit of a revolving um, door type of thing a quarterback is in where you might see Jamison for a couple, like a drive or two, you know, just to, to throw it off. Because, look, they've been they've shown the fact that they'll, they'll do two quarterbacks with Taysom Hill. Well, Drew Brees with Taysom Hill. I get that it's Drew Brees, but still, it, it hasn't been an issue um, with that football team, so who knows? Can't rule out the fact that they're going to do two, two quarterbacks with Jameis and uh, Taysom Hill. Right, it'll be um, a little quarterback by committee, right? Yeah, you never know. You never know. All uh, right, here, uh, let's check out a game that wasn't really that interesting. Uh, Houston and New England, I thought the story was Deshaun Watson, and why, who else would we talk about in this game? The Patriots have not that much talent. Uh, I, Cam looked good, I guess. We can talk about that. I, I thought the quarterbacks were the only thing that was interesting. There was no run game really on either side. 
The defense didn't really play all that spectacular. Quarterbacks play well. Yeah. Um, we saw Cam make, like, what was that, like a 45-yard throw like off his back foot. Absolute dime. Looked great. Um, Deshaun great Watson. Press, I did see that. Deshaun Watson looked like Deshaun Watson. Um, I mean, but you're right. Outside of that, I mean, we've talked about it all year, though. Neither of those two teams really have any supporting cast. Um, I mean, Houston's very limited, and so is New England. And I think that was really, really evident in uh, in both of these teams. The outside the quarterback position, not much else was going on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, it will continue to rip on uh, Deshaun Watson and nitpick him here and there. Look, 28 for 37, 344 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 122 QBR against a Bill Belichick defense. That's really impressive. Yeah, that's something uh, Lamar could do. And Cam, Cam with the no mistake, I thought was impressive. Uh, 365 yards. Reminded me of the game against Seattle a lot. Uh, he was making accurate throws. The timing was on. And then you also saw the deep ball a little bit. So, that was good for him. It was almost a showcase game, kind of putting what he might be able to do on film, you know, for the next contract. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, like we said, Deshaun looked like Deshaun. Yeah. Um, what, he, he really impressed me. Deshaun really, really impressed me. But um, like you said, the big thing for Cam is no mistakes. Um, it's not that he's a, that he's a bad quarterback. It's just... So many times he makes the wrong decision. I don't know if that classifies you as a bad quarterback or not. Or, you know, I think he still has a lot of potential. I think I think he could be a very, very, very good backup. But I just don't know if he's a starting quarterback right now. Like outside of this I, game, outside of this game, I, I, look, look at his picks. Tough, he has tough. so many interceptions. He has like four touchdowns all year. Five now. He's got four touchdowns, seven picks. Yeah, that's... he had nine rushing touchdowns, which is actually third in the league, and he's a quarterback, so that's impressive. So he's got thirteen total touchdowns, seven interceptions, I think two fumbles. So if you want to go full touchdown to turnover ratio, I want to say it's thirteen and nine, which isn't isn't good. It's really not. No. Um, limiting mistakes is the thing with Cam. And at least he didn't make any uh, against Houston. So that's that's a silver lining there. I agree. Another two, actually, we'll, we'll switch to a game here uh, with two teams who both have a quarterback where that's what they're thinking. Let's just pray they don't throw an interception and we'll take it as a win. And uh, that would be the Eagles losing to the Browns. Uh, the Browns win 22-17 at home, moved to 7-3, second in the AFC North. And we talk about Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield had a classic Baker Mayfield game in which he watched Nick Chubb be the best player easily on the field, <laughs> and he didn't mess it up. That's basically what his job was. He had 200 yards, only completed 12 throws, no touchdowns, no picks. Didn't hurt them, didn't help them. That's exactly the quarterback they need Baker to be. 86 QBR was just average, and that's all they need him to be. On the other hand, the Eagles would have probably loved that from Carson Wentz, but instead he decided to throw two picks, one being a pick six, because he held on to the ball too long. And it's getting hard for me to defend him at this point anymore, because he just continues to look really, really, really bad. Yeah, and uh, I think that... I don't know. I don't know if it's what's going on with him mentally, because I know physically. Physically, he is a 
gifted quarterback. He's big. He make the reads. He's fast. He has his mobility. Uh, and the arm strength, the accuracy. You're right. It, it, that's why it's so puzzling and so frustrating for for people like myself who are Carson Wentz supporters, and, and even some of the fans that still kind of hold hold to him in uh, in Philly. I know some of them still think that Foles is a better quarterback, which is uh, just simply incorrect. But um, it's tough to watch because he has all the, the skills necessary to do well, but he just for some reason cannot do well at all this year. Yeah, um, it's a completely different Carson Wentz that we saw last season. Uh, I know before the season started, we were ranking quarterbacks, and I think you had him as your number three. Um, and he was on. Oh yeah, he's now more like twenty-three on my uh, my rankings, and I'm pretty upset about it. Right, but he was high on a, a lot of people's rankings going into the season, and uh, he is disappointed this year. But um, no, Baker, like you said, to get to the Browns a little bit looked very Baker. Just don't screw up. Just don't cost the team a win because of you <laughs> and turning the ball over. Yeah, they basically just said, hey, listen, we just need you to make 12 to 15 throws a game, and they all need to be to our team, and I don't care what your completion percentage is. That, that's it. That's all they need them to do. They need to complete 12 to 15 throws, complete generally over 50% of his throws, and hand the ball off to, to Nick Chubb. It's almost as if usually you, you hand the football off to keep the defense honest. This offense, you have to play action with Baker to keep the defense honest. Whether they, he hits on every throw or not, who cares? If he hits on 50% or more, you're fine with it with no mistakes. That's the sad reality that, that's, that's come of the, the former number one pick. Right. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know about Baker. Maybe we should do a, a little mini rant on Baker someday and just kind of talk about what the, uh, the future may hold for him because I don't know if it'll be in Cleveland for much longer. Or I, I just really, really would love to hear your opinion on that, but we don't have time for that now. Um, but definitely, I think that could be a really good segment for uh, for maybe even next week once we get back in person a little I bit. Agree. I agree. Um, yeah, all right, well, let's move on to something else that is. Uh pretty average, much like Baker is, and that's the game between two superbly average, maybe even a little bit below average teams, the Lions and the Panthers. Um, the Panthers win 20 to nothing because the Lions looked completely out of sync. They didn't look like a, a football team. They only had 185 total yards. It was bad. Couldn't run the football, couldn't throw the football. Uh, just did not pick up the uh, requisite amount of first downs. It, it, it was bad. It was really bad, but Carolina looked good. Um, Carolina looked, it looked okay for having a bag of quarterback. That's true. That's true. Um, 20 points is not necessarily ideal, but no Christian McCaffrey. Teddy Bridgewater's out, which P.J. Walker played fine in his first ever start. Had the two picks, but added a touchdown. Still had a 78 QBR in his first ever start. You'll take it. Missing your starting quarterback, arguably the best running back in the league, uh, playing a team with a head coach who isn't new, a uh, quarterback who's been there forever, probably more offensive talent, probably a little bit more defensive talent, and the Panthers win. You know, that goes to show the the, the coaching job from Matt Rule and the toughness of that football team. Yeah, um, completely agree, but not much more to say on that game, so let's move on. I agree. Uh, 
another game that really, um, I don't even really care that much about the actual football game. In this one, it's more about the injury that occurred, Joe Burrow. Uh, the game itself, Washington football team won 29. I, I could have called that. I think we did call that. Um, but Joe Burrow going down is just tough. And I think this shows, this gives me way too many flashbacks of uh, Carson Palmer, who also won the highs in the year before he came out and got drafted by the Bengals. Was, a, I think, I think the number one overall pick, right? If not a very high pick. Yep. Supposed to be the next franchise quarterback, which I, I guess he was but got absolutely beat the smithereens and ended up getting hurt. Look where we're at now. Joe Burrow looked like all the problems in the world, gets beat the smithereens, now he's hurt. Uh, what this organization does, they continue to mess it up. They're almost they're, they're starting to look like the Browns um, for being this bad for this long. and this Maybe not even this bad, this dysfunctional for so long. Yeah. And uh, it's sad that Joe Burrow had to go down like that. There's not really much to talk about football side here. Washington looked really average. The Bengals looked below average. What well, Joe Burrow's hurt. Period. That's that sums up the game. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it stinks to see because I was really starting to like Joe Burrow a lot. Um, I think he has a lot of promise, and I still think he has a really big upside. Um, yeah, there are a lot of similarities between what happened to him and, and Palmer, but. The thing is, hopefully, the way they uh, come back from this is a little different. Uh, I hope that Burrow, obviously, quick, speedy recovery, gets back on the field and uh, picks up right where he left off because he has looked really impressive this year. Um, so, I mean, we're not going to see him until 2021. But, uh, yeah, not too much football-wise going on in that game, like you said. But, you know, it, it's still... Yeah, I just hope that he gets better because like you said we're starting to like him just so much promise and I, I do hope that the Bengals learn from not only the Carson Palmer thing but looking at just how good Joe Burrow could be and saying look let's let's not mess this up like Carson Palmer right but they need to go out this offseason and spend huge money on their offensive line yes their first three picks should be offensive linemen and maybe their first two and then I'll, I can concede that you can go defense on the third pick your first two picks should be really good offensive linemen, and then you need to get a huge name in free agency on the offensive line. I don't know the free agent class this year. We'll check it out and give you guys an update like Wednesday or, uh, or Friday or something like that. But oh god, they they need they need to get a, a free agent offensive lineman. It's bad. Oh, it's terrible. Um, that offensive line couldn't stop a nosebleed. Um, so. Yeah, if they don't I want, it, I mean, if they want Burrow to continue to get injured every single season, then leave it as is. But uh, if you're actually trying to protect your franchise guy that you're going to pour money into, um, I would maybe protect him first. Yeah, agreed. Um, speaking of a franchise guy that had a brutal Sunday, and I said that he would, and I should have picked Denver. I said it was an upset potential. I should have straight out outright picked them. I knew they'd win. Uh, they win twenty to thirteen. Tua looked Tua looked so limited. This is what we were worried about when he was coming in. It doesn't seem like he had the it, and then he showed the it for a while, and now it's like the it just like got lost. Yeah, he was, and uh, it was bad. It was very bad. Uh, Eleven for twenty for eighty three yards. Uh, one touchdown, no picks. Had an eighty two pass rating. I get it, guys. I, I understand. He didn't look terrible. He didn't throw a multitude of picks. He just wasn't 
making quick, snappy timing, rhythm throws like we're used to seeing. It, it didn't even look like the same quarterback. He had like two good throws all game. The other nine completions were just just average NFL completions. He didn't look like a franchise quarterback. Simple as that. Yeah, he well, did. I still think he is. Don't get me wrong. He just didn't look like it Sunday. Yeah, uh, I kind of feel the same way. He just didn't have that pop to him that he usually does. Um, obviously, didn't have the same precision accuracy. Uh, that was what we always raved at him, uh, raved about him. I guess that's the right way to say it. I don't know. Either way, yeah, you understand what I'm saying. Uh, either way, that, that that was that was always the the go to thing for him. You know, with Mahomes, it's well, actually, Mahomes, it's like everything. But Josh Allen, it's like arm strength. Um, it did for two with the accuracy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, he just didn't see it. Didn't see it whatsoever. He wasn't throwing picks, but he wasn't exactly throwing the most catchable balls. Um, so we're gonna have to see how that works out. Obviously, we're not gonna, you know, bust them too hard for for one bad performance. But if it continues, then we will uh, adjust accordingly. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, moving on here. I want to talk about a game that doesn't have any implications or really doesn't frankly matter all that much, but it was incredible because it cemented my thoughts about a quarterback. Okay. The New York Jets and the Los Angeles Chargers. And it cements my thoughts about Joe Flacco. I'm actually kidding. It cements my thoughts about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert (laughs) is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league for a long time. Did you see the throw? He's rolling left. He throws on the run like a baseball throw and throws, I, I wish there was a stat cast on it, in an absolute seed to the back of the end zone on Keenan Allen's chest, right on his numbers. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most impressive throws from about 20 yards out. It, it was one of the most impressive throws I've seen outside of a guy like named Patrick Mahomes. And that's saying something. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think... I think there's just, I think he's going to overtake Lamar. I'm going to say that right now. I think he already has, um, but I still think for some reason Lamar is the number two face in the league still. For some reason, I get that that feeling. You know what I mean? Um, where it's just like everything is Lamar. Like even though he's having a terrible season, I, I was watching the pregame, and these guys are just. Oh, Lamar Jackson, if you have that guy back there, well, your football team is pretty set. Well, really? This year or, or last year? Because because this year, if you have Lamar Jackson on your team, that actually kind of limits you a little bit in, in what can happen because he can't really throw the football. You look at a guy like Justin Herbert, this guy, like you said, that one throw, but even just all game long, well, what's his stat line? Oh, so impressive. I know it's the Jets, but still. Uh, 37 for 49, 366 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 116.5 QBR. Wow. I honestly think it's going to be him and Patrick Mahomes, the face of the league, with uh, those those two quarterbacks. Those two, Mahomes and Herbert. I agree. And uh, can we talk about Keenan Allen for a second? This man had 16 catches for 145 yards and a touchdown. 16 catches. Yeah, we know his favorite target. <laughs> That's more than all of the Jets combined. Joe Flacco had 15 completions. Yeah. What was That's your, incredible. What was uh, what was Big Boy Flacco's stat line? 
Uh, Joe Flacco, 15 for 30, 205 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, 81 QBR. I think you take that, to be honest with you. I don't think, you know, if Joe Flacco is giving you an 81 QBR, two touchdowns, one pick on average uh, a Sunday, you take that if you're the Jets until Sam Darnold gets back. Um, yeah. But I think they're they're tanking. They're, they're tanked. Uh, past tense. Yeah, I would, they're I, awful. I would roll with that. Um, I, would, I would just... So, all right, Joe. Good job, man. That was a solid performance out there. And just move on, <laughs> because yeah, I mean, like, you're not—he's not the franchise guy. Everyone knows that. I, I, Donald's not even the franchise guy. The franchise guy isn't even in the building yet. So it's really—it's hard to to even judge that team. It's—it's it's tough. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go here. Probably the game of the week. I would. I would say um, one of the games of the week between that. Between this one and the Baltimore game, we'll get to this one now. Um, Green Bay and Indiana, or Indianapolis. Oh my God, that was, that was brutal. Uh, Indianapolis win thirty four thirty one in overtime because of a Marquez Valdez scaling fumble in overtime. Wow. Yeah. What was your takeaway from that? Um, people are gonna sit here and and uh, slaughter. Marquez Valdez Scantling for the whole game. Uh, that's simply not the case. Both the Packers, what, so they went into halftime 28 to 14. They scored three total first half points. We could sit here and, and crucify Marquez Valdez Scantling all day if we want to, but where's that going to get us? Look, he's a, he's a good player. He had three catches for 55 yards. Yeah, I get that he fumbled at, the, at one of the worst times you can. You can't go back in time. What you can do is you can look forward and say, well, why were we even in a position to go into overtime? We were up by two touchdowns going into half, and our offense went completely stagnant. The play calling looked dry. It looked like there was no juice. Um, it didn't look like they made any adjustments. It looks like the Colts, on the other hand, made every adjustment they needed to. That's what I thought the difference was. We could, uh, we could sit here and boil it down to one play, but that's not the case. It's a whole game, and they shouldn't even have been in overtime based on the performance in the first half and the adjustments on the cold side or lack of adjustments on the Green Bay side. Yeah. Uh, you predicted the Colts, too. I went Green Bay. I had my faith in my boy Aaron Rodgers. Not that he didn't – he did not, you know, disappoint, but the team in general, uh, like you said, I think it was a big coaching thing. Um, but, I mean, Colts looked good. They looked really, really good in the second half. So, I mean – Got to give it. Got to give credit where credit's due. There, Tim. Good prediction. Uh, I was a little off there, but uh, yeah. All right, you, you nailed that Titans one. Perfect. So yeah, and the week before. Uh, so. Well, yeah, and the week before. So it was beautiful. Uh, let's see. Let's go through after after we do all these. We're gonna go through and we'll see how many we hit. Um. All right. Let's go here. Dallas uh, wins. Picks up their third win against Minnesota. This one thought Minnesota was going to turn the leaf and play some good football. Their defense absolutely disintegrates. Um, Kirk Cousins looked actually really good. 22 for 30, 314 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 140 QBR. Dallin Cook averaged four yards a carry, had a touchdown. Uh, Adam Thielen looked really good. Justin Jefferson caught a touchdown. Nothing went wrong with the Vikings offense. Nothing. Um, I mean, they did have the two fumbles, so actually I can't say nothing. And I thought that was the story of the game. Look, they look. The Vikings had more total yards, had 
um, more time of possession, had just about the same amount of plays, like I said, possessed the ball for longer, so they controlled the clock, had more yards, had more passing yards, had more um, consistent chunk plays on the ground, because you saw Dallas had a couple big runs, kind of skews the results a little bit on their yards per rush and total yards, but consistently running the football, uh, or not Washington, the Vikings had the edge, get us the turnovers. Yeah. Um, the turnovers will always kill in this league. And that's why we always talk about the lat, like just not making mistakes. Um, and it, it wasn't from a quarterback, you know, who, who had the, who accounted for the two fumbles in, uh, on that Viking side. I'm actually not sure. Let's check here. Uh, let's see. Better go to the CBS Sports app because I usually use the Fox app. It doesn't really tell you who fumbled. It just tells you the total amount of fumbles, which is a little bit weird. Um, all right. Minnesota and Dallas. Let's hit the box score here. Is this even going to tell me? Come on. Come on. Oh, that's not going to tell me either. I mean, either so, either way, though. Did Dalvin Cook fumble? I think Dalvin Cook fumbled once. Okay. And for some reason, I want to say there was a someone that caught. Oh, oh, here we go. Never mind. I found it. Fumbles lost. Kirk Cousins fumbled once, and Dalvin Cook fumbled once. Uh, they both lost their fumbles. Okay. All right. Found it there. So yeah, I guess Kirk Cousins did have a turnover. It wasn't great, but he threw the football really, really well. Oh yeah. Um. Just, just that dependable guy. Every. I'm not gonna say every game, but. You know, he's just like that very, very average middle of the road quarterback that you can usually depend on, but just not a superstar. You know. All right, I, I completely agree. Um, but again, a game that just really no one really cares about. I better spend my time on the big game of the night. Other than the Steelers, we'll get to them last because we do want to uh, talk about them a little bit uh, afterwards. But. Casey and Vegas. Okay, this one was interesting. It was, and here's why. Eric Carr outplayed Patrick Mahomes for the whole game, but I think this is what separates good from great. Eric Carr played really, really, really well, and it's not even like he disappeared at the end. But do you really think Derek Carr would have done what Patrick Mahomes did at the end during that, for that last drive? I don't think so. No. I think that's what separates Derek Carr really, really, really good. Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. Anyone who disputes at this point, I can't help you. 19 touchdowns, 3 picks, 2,400 yards. He's got his team at 6-4, second in the AFC West. Going to be a playoff team. Has been the only team even close to beating arguably one of the better teams in the league. Probably the best team in the league. Close with the Steelers. And he's led his team to be the only team that's actually close the Chiefs are laying up 19.5 points a game against the Raiders. They're averaging um, the Chiefs defense lets up 35.5 a half again. Yeah, so, Derek Carr's a really good quarterback. But what Patrick Mahomes was able to do was so impressive. It looked so easy and so surgical. It, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, the way that game started was just absolutely electric. I mean, I think it was like 14-14. By like 
20 minutes in of me watching the game. There, I was were, like, there was four drives and four touchdowns. So it was 14 to 14 within, I think, the first quarter. Yeah. Um, no, okay, I'm sorry. Within the first drive of the second quarter, Casey punched in to make it 14 14. Okay. Yeah. Um, very, very high energy game. It looked like it was going to be a shootout. And, uh, I mean, really, it kind of was. was. And, uh, I mean,. I had hope because, I mean, obviously being a Steelers fan, you're hoping for that big AFC uh, opponent to fall there, uh, get off our tails a little bit. But, um, I mean, overall, Derek Carr looked really impressive. I know I texted you about, man, that was probably like 10, 15 minutes into the game. I was like, dude, Derek Carr, he's a dude. He's he's a good quarterback. Um, Competed well. He competed really well against Patrick Mahomes for the second time this year, and he won the first matchup between him and Mahomes. So uh, I definitely think he moves up in the tiers a little bit. I don't know where we have him now, but uh, after watching him perform like that on the big stage on Sunday night, that's uh, I definitely think we need to consider uh, bumping him up. Well, he's already in the second tier. I don't think he's a tier one quarterback, and I'm not sure he ever will be, but... He's definitely a strong second-tier quarterback. Okay, I was just making sure we had yeah, him in the second tier. I would say he locked himself in there for at least another two weeks. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought he was in the third tier for some reason. I thought he we had him trending up in the third tier, but we have him in the second. He will stay in the second most likely. Um, so after that, is the Steeler game the only one that's left? Yeah, the Steeler game, yep. Um, well, actually, let's, let's go through real quick and see how we did um, with predicting the game. So... You predicted Tennessee, I predicted Baltimore, so, all right. Um, I think we both said New Orleans there. I think we said both New Orleans would cover as well. Yeah, here, I'll, I'll keep a little Actually, running tally. I think you said Atlanta would cover. I don't remember. I know we both predicted New Orleans, though. Um, I predicted Houston, but I said that New England would cover. And I don't think New Orleans did cover, but we did both predict Houston, I believe. Okay. Um. I, I think I picked Cleveland. Did you pick Cleveland? Um, no. We should start writing these down. I did not. I'll start writing these down. That way we remember. Um, I picked Carolina. You picked Carolina. I think we both picked Washington. Both picked, obviously, the Chargers. I picked Indy. You picked Green Bay. Um, I think both of us picked Minnesota. Got got burned there a little bit. Both of us picked Miami. Got burned there. And uh, both of us picked KC, so... Good there. All right, not a bad week of football. So we, we get the KC game. Uh, we dropped the Minnesota game. Uh, uh, you won. Uh, you won. I think we hit. We hit about sixty percent of the games right there. Yeah, you won six to five uh, this week in predictions. Okay. All right. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, but I think you you got to get a point though for correctly predicting the exact spread on that Tennessee Baltimore game. That was impressive. Yeah, I mean, I will pat myself on the back a little bit about that one, but <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need some more of those. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I can only ride this one out for about today. <laughs> That's about it. Like after today, if I'm still talking about this, I need you to tell me to just to shut up, uh, basically, because I'm gonna need to, I need this consistency, Tim. I need you to, I need you to try to just pull that consistency out of me every week. So uh, that's your job. Have fun with that. Um, but, so we're going to get into the Steeler game now. 
Yeah, uh, I thought I thought the Steelers looked exactly how they should against the Jaguars. Yes, you finally, know, the finally. The offense fine. Twenty-seven points is enough to win most games in the NFL, especially when you have that defense. You just four, four, four turnovers, um, limit them to under hundred yards rushing. That's the formula. We stuck to it. They played really well. Yes. Period. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase Claypool. Huh. Okay. He, he, touchdown. He's got to be in the rookie of the year of the year conversation. He's got to be. Ben Roethlisberger looked really good. Um, finally, a team where the Steelers, you know, it, same deal last week. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they finally got the message. Um, they didn't play down to bad opponents now two weeks in a row. That is a record. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it definitely is. But there's okay. I saw a tweet. Um, it was about probably 20 minutes before we started the show, and it was like, oh, well, Pittsburgh won by, I don't know, what was it, like 20 to 3, you said? It's like, yeah, Pittsburgh. 27 to 3. 27 to 3, okay. Pittsburgh won by 24 points, and uh, people in Pittsburgh still going to be giving them crap. We'll use that word instead. But, like, isn't that so true? I've heard so many people, oh, they only beat, they only beat Jacksonville by 20. Yeah! It's 23 points. That's a big deal. Or whatever it was, yeah, 24. 24 points, in the, 24 points in the National Football League. That's called being really good. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not like college football when Alabama plays Vanderbilt and they just absolutely obliterate them by like 46 points. This isn't college football. This is the NFL. It's a big win. 24 points is a big win. No, I agree. I think it was a big win. And wow, the Steelers are just, the Steelers are just really, really good. And I'm excited to see how they stack up going forward. Um, so, like going forward, as in this this Thursday, yeah, it's be a huge game. Can they step on the the throat of Baltimore? Because right now Baltimore's clinging for dear life. Can we step on their throat? Probably kick them out of playoff contention and solidify ourselves as the best team in the AFC North. That's going to be the difference. Can they do it on a short week? This is going to be one of Tomlin's better. Um, coaching moments. This could be this could be a huge moment for him. Beating a division rival, we go eleven and zero. Most likely taking them out of the playoffs. Most likely cementing you at least in first place in your own division, making it mathematically borderline impossible for the Browns to to overtake you. It, this is this is a huge game Thursday for for Tomlin. Okay, here's the thing I want to ask. Okay, or uh, propose as a thought. Here's the thing. I think Pittsburgh has a really, really good chance of winning this Thursday, and here's why. Yes, they're both on a short week, but who had the harder game on Sunday? Baltimore. Baltimore got Baltimore got dogged by the Titans. They had a very physical matchup against the Titans, and probably a little beat up, a little bruised up from trying to stop Derrick Henry. Who the Steelers play? The Jacksonville Jaguars, who, if you didn't see or hear the last, uh, you know, five minutes of the show, they only scored three points. <laughs> so it's not, like the, it's not like the Steelers were straining themselves to win this game. Uh, Baltimore was. Baltimore's more tired. Baltimore's more beat up. Um, Baltimore has a more limited quarterback right now. Um, and Pittsburgh has all the momentum in the world. And they play. And they play Baltimore. What's that good? Prime time on Thanksgiving at home. At home. 
home. That, just, Baltimore's got to be away from their families on Thanksgiving. That's if you huge. don't think that matters, that matters. It's huge. Like it does. That 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 that's a real thing. Like these are real people playing. This isn't like. Yes, I know that they're professionals. I know that they make it look like they're robots when they just shut all that out. No, no, no. They're not though. They're real human beings. And they're playing this game on a day where they're generally with their families. Like this is a real thing. Yes. And uh, they always be able to go home and and hang out with their families after. You know, being able to see them right before the game, see them right after, see them up in the stands. It's different. It's very different. Oh, so for sure. Um, I think that I think that definitely is a factor. And I just think, look, people say, "Oh, Steelers have let up like 200 and some yards this past time though against uh, against Baltimore." Yeah, but like we, they still won. Like, there's no way they could possibly play that bad again against the run. And they were still able to win when they did play that bad. So all they have to do is play a little bit better. That's it. Yeah, I, I think they do. I think they will play a little bit better, and I think. Um, oh, who, who, who am I thinking of? Um, Tyson Olalu is more healthy now. Yes, he's one of our better interior uh, defensive linemen. He looked and, good. Like I said, people say, "Oh, they march up and down." It, it's turnovers, though. We got the ball from them. You know, turnover ratio is huge. And uh, we, what do you mean? You say always oh, the game is increasingly get a quarterback, protect your quarterback, get people that can get to their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, Steelers now have three straight games where they haven't let up a sack. And we lead the league in sacks and lead the league in interceptions. Yep. <laughs> it's, that, it's crazy, that, man. That's, that's winning formula. That's winning football. It's absolutely crazy. The Steelers look so good right now. Uh, 10-0 Steelers. That's about all we have to say about them, really, I think. Um, and other than that, just preparing for, for this Thursday with them. Um I think they. I think they could be the best, the best team in football. Oh, I think so too. I think so too. I think they're a legitimate top one or two uh, Super Bowl contender right now, and I don't think people are giving them enough credit. I agree. Uh, but like you said, not too much else to say there. We'll move on to the big game tonight. Yeah. Next for Monday night football, the Rams travel down to Tampa Bay to face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, who are at seven and three. Um, looking to try to regain first in the NFC South over the Saints, who took it um, over in that beatdown two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, the Rams trying to stay afloat in a really, really tough division out there in the NFC West. Right. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers favored by four and a half, and the over-under is 47 and a half. Mm, okay. Um, I'll start. I like Tampa. I like Tampa to win this. I like Brady to have a really big game tonight. Uh, I think he comes out and just absolutely tears it up. Lights the world on fire. Back to the Brady we remember from New England. And uh look, I know Jared Goff is a great quarterback. But I don't think he's gonna be able to keep pace. And also I'm gonna take the under because I like Tampa Bay's defense. I don't think they let up too many points tonight. Okay, see here's the thing. I am gonna take the Rams to oh. cover the spread I don't know about the winner of this game. I I think the Rams upset the Buccaneers, and here's why. Let's look at the all the games so far. So the Buccaneers are are seven and three. Let's look at their previous ten games and go like win, loss, win, loss, and let's see why. So the Buccaneers beat the Panthers last week. That's because the Panthers' defense is atro- is atrocious. 
They lose to the Saints. Why? Because the well, they've only scored three points because the Saints defense locked them up. How about when they almost and slash should have lost to the Giants and they when they only scored twenty five points? Well, the Giants have a really good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they then they go and boat race the Raiders. That's because the Raiders can't stop a nosebleed. They kill the Packers because the Packers defense is terrible and has no physicality. But then they lose to the Bears, who have a really good defense. Boat race the Chargers. Actually, only put up 28 and are, were in a closer game against the Broncos, who have a defensive head coach and above average defense, talent wise. Yeah. Uh, then they beat the Panthers, who obviously, why wouldn't they? Panthers defense is terrible. And then they lose again to the Saints week one because of a good defense. So that's the issue. And you look at the LA Rams defense, they're only letting up 18.7 points a game. I think, I believe that's top five in the league. Maybe even top, I think that's actually top three. And they let up under 200 yards a game passing, which is impressive. And they only let up 100 and they they only let up. Um, sorry, they they get 134 yards on the ground and only let up 97 yards on the ground. So I think when you win that battle, that's huge. Yeah. So you're taking you're taking. The, I'm going to take the Rams. Okay, you're taking the Rams to win. Um, what about the over under? The over under is 47 and a half. I will take. Under both defenses are good. Okay, um, so there you go, guys. Tim just gave me a chance to uh, tie things up this week uh, at six and six predictions wise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you won't. So I'm going to be right. I'm going to write people. Mark my words. Mark my words. Well, we got 14 minutes till kickoff. Now we're going to go watch this game. It is 8:01 Eastern time, so we're getting this in 14 minutes before Monday Night Football starts. Just so you know, we're keeping it. We're keeping it honest here. Um, but, yeah, guys, that's all we have for so you. So, what are you picking? You're going to lock in your picks. You didn't say anything about your picks, that uh, big guy. I, I already picked, man. I picked Brady to have a big game and win, and I like the under. We have, oh, so you said the under? Okay, I didn't hear your mm-hmm. over-under and your uh, and your cover. You, you had the Tampa Bay cover in the 4 9. I, I, have t- I have Tampa winning by 4, yeah. Oh, winning by 4, so they don't cover. Oh, oh you, you said 4 like, half. like yeah. LA yeah. to cover. I, no, 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 no. I like Tampa to cover this game. I think, I think Tampa wins. I don't think it's going to be much of an issue. Okay, all right. Alrighty, yeah, that is all we have then. Alright, yeah. Um, little shorter episode today, but nevertheless, got you everything you needed. Uh, make sure you come back on Wednesday. We will have a very good episode. We have our quarterback tiers. We have another couple, uh, you know, some things we're going to be rolling out. Maybe get Tim's Trivia come back on Wednesday. It's been a while. so. Uh, I agree. I think we should do Tim's Trivia on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so, yep, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure you go to our Instagram, at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter, at the issue podcast. Um, we should have a graphic up pretty soon on Instagram. Hopefully tonight. By, we yeah. will have a graphic up tonight. All right. Graphic up tonight on Instagram. Make sure you guys go check that out. That is at the underscore issue podcast. But, guys, thanks for hanging out. That was The Issue.